The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. One of my favorite guests in studio right now, Kyle Dubé, the executive director of You Can Use Services. Uh, you Can Use Services' ninth annual comedy night takes place on Saturday, March 2nd at the River Cree Resort Event Centers. Uh, guests of comedy night uh, will be treated to a full evening of inspiration and entertainment along with uh, a lot of fundraising hosted by Edmonton's very own Carrie Dahl. Uh, Kyle, good to see you again. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. You know, I said off the top of the show, I don't know if you were listening. I have to admit I wasn't, sorry. All right, well, welcome to the station. Anyway, (laughs) uh, I said off the top of the show that, you know, it's been a while. Now, I first met you, Kyle, probably close to eight or nine years ago, and um, we had you as a guest on Tensor and Gross. Yes. And I was blown away by this story of you can and your story and it feels like sometimes i know so much about you can that i when i promote your annual fundraiser i i don't tell people why we should be supporting this so let's cycle back tell everybody what you can is yeah so you can youth services is a, a youth serving agency here in the city of edmonton and, and the surrounding area and we work with at-risk youth and our primary goals are to keep them in school if they're in school get them back into school if they're not in school and most of our work is to actually help them find employment Okay, so where do you find the kids? So the young people come to us from all over the place. We have referral systems in place with probation officers, with uh, different youth-serving agencies, social workers, uh, sometimes parents, but that's a bit of a rarity. And actually, the best referrals we get are from past participants of our program who are telling their friends, listen, these guys helped us a lot. They were very supportive. They helped me get a job. They still support me. They're there for me, so you should go see them. So who, but I'm trying to understand who are these kids? Yeah, so UCAN works primarily with 16 to 24-year-olds. Now, we do work with some younger ones. Um, We do have a couple youth workers that are in school, so we do a lot of outreach work. But uh, kind of our primary focus is at 16 to 24, and really the wheelhouse is probably 18 to 22, which a lot of people actually think, well, those aren't youth. But they are. Uh, the federal government actually considers youth up to 29 years old. So, oh, is that a fact? Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we work with these young people, and and these youth are are young people who come from some pretty bad situations. They they a lot of them are what we would call system kids. They've grown up in the foster care system or in group homes or or whatnot. And a lot of these young people have barriers. Uh, they're dealing with things like addictions. They're dealing with things like justice system, family violence, uh, uh, housing issues. So for us, it's a matter of helping them get back on track and seeing if we can help move them forward, hopefully into what we like to call economic independence. So Kyle, are you getting youth that are have not gone through rehab or have not, or are it currently in say the criminal justice system or I mean, are you dealing with that first before you're dealing with straightening them out and giving them a chance? Yeah, so we actually have kind of three components to our programming. Uh, we call it ready, willing and able. And our, our, like I said, what our objectives were, we are really trying to get them ready, willing, and able to, to go, go into, like I said, work or, or kind of that economic independence. So we have outreach workers, and that's the ready phase. And they're, they're working with young people who might be in the midst of their addictions or their housing issues or the justice system. And we're trying to help them navigate what those systems look like, try to get them back on track so that they're now ready 
to, to, for change and ready to move forward. Change takes time, though. So then we have a program called the Virto Project, which is a pre-employment project. And that's where they come in for eight weeks. And that's where we're trying to, to help them become willing. When you say they come in, they come into the program. You're, come, you're not housing them. No, we're not. We don't do any housing. Okay. No, n- not, no housing. It's a day program. Um, and that's where we're, we're trying to help. You know, this is a set schedule. You're up. You're here every day. It's like a job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, they actually make minimum wage to be there. And they're learning a lot of the different skills around everything from budgeting their money to what does it look like to transition from from a program like this into employment, um, conflict resolution skills, uh, the basics of employment as far as resume, cover letter, relationship building, communication, stuff like that. And now we believe that they're willing, so we move them into work experience because they're. we hope now that they're able. So now when they're able, they go into a 12-week work experience. We have a lot of different employers in the city that are working with us. These are partners of yours. Yeah, we'd call them employment partners. And we work very closely with them. We work very closely, obviously, with the young people because if we can get them going to work every day then one, they're staying out of trouble. They're building up that kind of consistency of, of moving forward. And we're supporting them, let's say, in the evenings or in the weekends. Because when they're at work, that's all good. We know they're doing well. We yeah. know what they're doing. It's in the evenings and the weekends where that's whenever they can go off the rails a little bit if we're not supporting them. This is Kyle Dubé, the executive director of UCAN uh, Youth we're talking to. So, Kyle, uh, are you a government agency? We're not a government agency. We we do get funding from the federal and the provincial government, a little bit from the city. Um, we also have a lot of different foundations that help us out. We have private donors. We have corporate donors. And for us, it's it's almost like the, the government hires us to do the job, right? I mean, the government, they're, they're not in the business of working with at-risk youth where we are. So they, they, they give us grants or contracts, and, and we utilize that money to run our programming. Okay, and obviously not enough, though, to run the whole program. No, we're always looking for for donations. We're always looking for different types of sponsorships. There's a lot of things that the government will pay for. There's a lot of things that they won't. So a lot of the extra money that we bring in goes directly for what we call youth supports. So, for example... A young person is doing really well with us, um, but they don't have enough money saved up, let's say, to put a down payment on on rent um, or uh, damage deposit. Right. Maybe they need some groceries. Maybe they need work clothing. We actually spend a lot of money on work boots and gloves and helmets and safety glass and all that type of stuff just to get them out into the community. Well, you know started. what? That's a very practical problem, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. you get your first job. Even if you weren't in a program, you are looking for a job, you get a job, and they say, okay, work boots and uh, whatever, Yeah. and you don't have them and you can't afford them. It's very, it's a huge problem. Yeah. So how do you go get a job whenever you're behind the eight ball a little bit? So our, our thing with the youth supports is we try to get that for them. Trainings, we'll help pay for trainings. Um, there's different trainings that you need in different areas of work. It could be a, a, a first aid. It, it could be even pro-serve if you want to be a, a waitress or, yeah. or anything like that, right? So there's those types of things that, that we will pay for, and a lot of that money comes from the extras that we do. Our big thing with these young people as well, and like I said, we're really trying to get them to that ready, willing, and able stage. We use that language a lot with them now because some, where they come from, it isn't modeled to them. Um, truth be told, they come from this cycle of, of unemployment or a cycle of poverty. And so for us, I mean, I don't, you know, 
I, I, I know a lot of stories about your folks mm-hmm. and, and you know a little bit about mine. They're hardworking people and they, they modeled that to us. They they taught us how to be ready, willing, and able. They taught us that you got to go and get a job because that helps pay the bills. Mm-hmm. A lot of our young people haven't had that. So our job is to try to get them to that place. And it's a 50-50 thing. We're, we, we'll hold their hands for a while uh, because they need that. The same way we did when we were young. But we'll also boot them in the butt if they need it because... That's what a good, healthy relationship is about. Yeah, well, it's an accelerated mentoring program, basically. In a way, yeah. yeah. I mean, our staff are very, very good at working with these young people. They're very good at helping them navigate through the different systems that they need to. But we also build these long-term relationships with them where we're able to have hard conversations with them. It's not all just, you know, bubble gum mm-hmm. and butterflies. And, oh, you're, it's sometimes you got to say, listen, kid, you're... You're screwing up you're, here. You're screwing up yeah. here. Like, get it together, right? And we have no problem doing that. And if you have a good relationship where the young person trusts you, they know that their best interest is in mind. Well, most of the time, they're receptive to that conversation. All right, I want to get uh, our break out of the way because I do want to talk about the fundraiser you have coming up. But I want you to give some thought uh, while we sell some cars or something. Um, pick a story uh, to give our listeners uh, an idea of uh, a single story from start to finish. Okay. All right, we've been talking to Kyle Dubé, the executive director of UCAN Youth Services. UCAN is uh, only in Edmonton or it's uh, elsewhere? No, it's only in Edmonton. Oh, let me turn your mic on. Sorry about that. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah no, it's only in Edmonton. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay, so I asked you before the break, we were talking about uh, uh, youth and uh, vulnerable in, you know, vulnerable youth, and you were telling us an overview of what you do over there at uh, UCAN. How many workers do you have, by the way? We've got about 15 staff altogether, including myself, an office manager. And, and how many youth are you currently working with? Oh, you're asking me hard questions here, I know. that I should know as the executive Something director. but felt like it should have been in yes, your... Yes, it should have yeah. been in my brain. Right now, we're probably working with about 200 currently. Um, wow. Typically, and, and you need to know that there's different priority levels on, on yeah, the young of course, people, right? Yeah. Depending on where they're at in our, our kind of continuum of care. Uh, typically, in a year, we're working with about 300, I would suspect. That is crazy. How long does it take from... I know I asked you to tell the story, but before we do, so from... and Of course, everyone's different, but from the moment you meet... What's the average amount of time that you're involved in, the, you know, in actual hands-on whatever programs before you set them yeah. free again? And again, you're right. It depends on the young person. But for us, if we can go 18 months to 24 months to find that success, and success for us is they're either working full-time or back in school full-time for three to six months consistently. Um, yeah, about 18 to 24 months. Yikes. But again, depends. We've had some young people go through and they're done in six months, nine months, just because they, they they clicked in, they got it, boom, they're moving forward, right? But but I would say average, yeah, probably 18 months. Well, the comedy night uh, and that you've been putting on and I've been involved with in one way or another for years now, uh, it is a fun night, but part of the night is a youth or two will get up and tell their story. Mm-hmm. And you can literally hear a pin drop in the room because some of us honestly can't wrap our heads around the story. Uh, And it's not the same, but to give our listeners an idea, pick a story. Yeah, so we we have a lot of young people, excuse me, where we would... You know, again, what I talked about success as far as working or being back in school, but the resiliency that they have in their lives to get to that point is, is, it's astonishing at times. Um, I have many stories I could tell. I'll talk about a young lad named Alan. 
Uh, he's he's a guy that came to our program, um, and he's a guy actually that's moving quite quickly. Um, he would have come to us. He's he's as uh, a twenty year old. I want to say it was in June uh, of of last year. Uh, came through our our virtual project, our pre employment program. Before he got there, um, he had tried a couple of jobs here and there. They weren't working. Um, he'd even tried to go a little bit of, of post-secondary because he was fortunate enough to get his high school diploma. It wasn't working out. Prior to all that, he had basically been in a foster home or a group home for his entire life. Mm. Um, I don't know the number exactly, but it was over 10 different homes that he grew up in. Uh, he has brothers as well uh, that all lived in different foster homes and different group homes. Um, didn't really have a sense of I guess if you want to say family or, or belonging and really struggled to kind of get anywhere in some ways. Um, but a very smart guy and a guy who, uh, when he did turn 18, decided, okay, I got to start seeing what I can do here again. Some bumps along the way came to us. We saw right away that, that he could be a hard worker, that, that we could probably set him up with something pretty good. But we, of course, he has to prove himself with us. We have to see what he's going to do. Showed up every day, uh, did, did well interacting with the other young people in the program, worked hard. And we ended up getting him set up with a drilling company. Now, hmm. to be a roughneck is not something that we typically have our young people go out and do. Um, for, for a variety of reasons. One, it's it's usually three weeks out. This this one is 21 days out, 12 days, twelve hours a day, back for a week. Um, and the, the term roughneck is very, very good description of, mm-hmm. what, of what that is. Sure. And so anyways, we felt that he could do it. We, we were very comfortable with the company we were working with. We've got good relationship with them. And we gave it a go. And Alan... Uh, went out in middle of September. Just talked to him yesterday because he's going to actually tell his story way better than, I mean, I just gave a highlight, mm-hmm. highlight I call it. Um, he's going to speak at Comedy Night and he's going to tell his story and he's rocking it. This guy's making some good bank. He's really? more money than he's ever had before. He, he's putting it away um, because they will be done probably in March or April and then we'll support him again to, to go and get, but he's got some good bank where he's not going to have to stress about it. He's not going to have to worry about it right away. Get him working. If he wants to go back out, I've talked to the the guy, the head honcho out there. They would love to have him. Um, or he might go back to school, which would be a great choice as well. But he's very excited to come back and, and start working to get his license because that's a huge barrier for some of these guys, mm-hmm. right? Get his license. He can afford to get a car. He can afford to get insurance. He can afford to pay rent. He can afford to get furniture and groceries and all those things. And do I think he is economically independent? Not yet, because there's still some work to do here. Um, but along the whole time that he's been out there, when he's when, when he was closer to town, our staff would go and have supper with him or lunch uh, once every couple of weeks. We helped him budget his money. We helped all these different things that we were doing to support him, driving out to pick him up, driving him back, just to make sure that he still knew that we were there for him and uh, he's a huge success story. Well it's interesting um, and I can't put a name to it and if I could I probably wouldn't but uh, a few years ago you had a young lady who told her story and I was just so moved by the story that I wanted to um, thank her for sharing her story so uh, I approached her just thanked her so much and how brave she was and we got chatting and she told me that's not even my whole story. Mm-hmm. And she told me more 
about what her childhood had looked like or and and what you know some of the things that she'd had to do to survive and i realized as moving as the story was when i heard it and in front of that group her story was so bad that she felt she had to edit her story so as not to offend the crowd mm-hmm. do you know what i mean I, you, I, you, well, just I go, you have to edit your own life story because it would be offensive to the crowd yeah I'll tell you why I know what you mean because I I help them with their their speeches. Ah. Uh, I, all the young people that speak there, I work with them directly on that. And and um, there are times that we have to take certain things out because it's too much. And uh, it's true, but it, too much. It's 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 yeah, a hundred percent. It's true, but yeah. it's too much. And it's it's they they are so excited to tell their story because they're so excited about where they're at in their lives. Yeah. But I don't want them to go so far that, not that the people at our show would ever judge them. No, but I know what you mean. You know what I mean. It like it's hardcore. So, it, it, it's shocking. That's right. You know, it's almost it's some of it's unbelievable. Right. And where we come from, I think I can speak for both of us. Yeah. Where we come from, we don't we can't fathom it. We don't right. understand it. Thank goodness. But. I want them to tell enough of their story so that the, the people that are at the, the comedy night can go, wow, like this is tough. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's about them more than it's about us because we help them and we assist them. But at the end of the day, it's their life. And if they don't put the effort in and if they don't actually go and do the work, they're not going to get anywhere. Anyways. All right. So listen, the, that you mentioned comedy night. We've only got a minute and uh, change left. So that that's the reason we have you on the show right now. You've got the comedy night coming up March second. Um, it's going to feature. Uh, remind me, I hired them for you. Rondell Sheridan. Rondell Sheridan, who you would remember from. Um, he was Victor Baxter, the goofy yet lovable father uh, on That's So Raven and Corey in the House. The guy's phenomenal. We've had him at the festival many times. Toby Hargrave will be on the show. I, I think I'm going to uh, drop by and do a, I'm gonna, a MC or something. Yeah, you're going to do a quick 10. I yeah. don't know what you're doing. Well, we'll see. I don't yeah. know. The money you pay. I <laughs> yeah. shouldn't be doing any time. Exactly. Um, so there's the comedy. There's auction, uh, both silent and live. Yeah. Uh, there's the uh, you know the talks from the kids. There's games. There's whistles. There's everything. So yeah. it's a really really fun evening. How do people get tickets? Yeah. So if you go to to youcan.ca, okay. y-o-u-c-a-n.ca, uh, different table options on there and individual tickets as well. It got all the information on the comedians, all the information on our organization, of course. And uh, right now we're about six tables short of a sellout. Okay. And we would love to sell out. How much is the table? Table is $1,500 okay. for 10 people. Okay. And that includes everything. That includes it. And actually with that, we can we can do a, a tax receipt for a portion of it. So Great. you just have to contact us and, and let us know that you would want that. Most companies don't. They just use it as yeah. a Yeah. So six tables, if we had six companies out there that would just go to ucan.ca, scoop up those tables for you. Then we are so, we're gold. Be awesome. And we're also looking for auction items. Okay, all right. Um, and we'll kind of take anything. Uh, we have a variety of things. You can get see a, it. Yeah, see if it. you go on there, all the information on how to get a hold of us is there. You can get a hold of me off that website as well. Okay. And, and uh, it really is a great event. It's a fun event. It, it's, it's a ton of fun. That's the yeah. thing. It's a roller coaster of an event Yeah. because there's so many laughs and it's so much fun. Yeah. And But then there's other moments where you're just like, oh my God. Yeah, and right? that's, that's what we try to do with it. We yeah. really try to make it so that people feel 
the, all those emotions. We want you to believe in the cause. We yeah. want you to believe what we're doing. But by the time you leave, we want your face to hurt because you laugh so hard. Right. Well, the oh my God moment I was referring to is when you uh, try and do comedy. All right. That's <laughs> Kyle Dubé, the executive director. If you can, we're a little over time. I apologize to the newsroom, uh, but it's important that we got the message out. Kyle, thanks for doing this and best of luck. Uh, break leg, I should say, with your comedy night. Thanks, Andrew. Much appreciated. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.